This is Bill Woods, and I just want to wish everybody a happy Father's Day this Sunday, uh, especially the dads. I remember when I was pastoring, usually on Father's Day, I would have uh, dad's root beer floats after the morning service. Everybody would come out. And we'd enjoy a dad's root beer. It had to be dad's root beer, though, in order to make it authentic. I uh, read an article that uh, pictured father through the ages. It says, a four-year-old says, my daddy can do anything. Seven years, my dad knows a lot, a whole lot. Eight years, my father doesn't quite know everything. Twelve years, oh, well, naturally, father doesn't know everything. Fourteen years, father, hopelessly old-fashioned. And twenty-one, oh, that man is out of date. What did you expect? Twenty-five years, he knows a little bit about it, but not much. 30 years, must find out what dad thinks about it. 35 years, a little patience, let's get dad's meaning first. 50 years, what would dad have thought about it? 60 years, my dad knew literally everything. And 65 years, I wish I could talk it over with dad once more. You know, in honor of Father's Day, I found a story that I thought was kind of neat, and I wanted to share it with you. Two children came home from school and started begging their mother to let them uh, bring home the classroom pet. This wonderful creature the children wanted so much was a hamster named Danny. Mom kept saying no and had good reason why the children couldn't bring Danny home. It finally came down to a fact that uh, the pet's a lot of responsibility and work but both kids promised to do everything to take care of Danny, and after hours of begging and promises, Mom gave in. She made it clear if the children stopped taking care, she'd find Danny a new home. In uh, only a couple weeks, Mom had to constantly remind the children about feeding and watering and cleaning up. Two more weeks passed, and Mom started calling to find a home for Danny. She went into the living room to tell the children her decision. She told them Danny had become a lot of work for her and she hadn't been any and they hadn't been any help and she'd found him a new home. She was surprised that the children didn't seem bothered by her announcement. Then her daughter said, Is it because he eats too much? Maybe we could find a way to help him eat less. Mom said it wasn't the eating so much as the mess and the smell and the extra work that she had to do to clean up after him. The children seemed to understand and nodded agreement and turned back to their TV program. Mom picked up Danny's cage and supplies and came back through the living room. The kids saw her carrying the cage and started shouting, Hey, what are you doing with Danny? Mom said, We just talked about this. Because of all the extra work and having to do it all myself, I found Danny a new home. The children said, no, not Danny. We thought you said Daddy. You know, dads and moms have a tremendous responsibility pointing their kids to heaven. We really need a map to show the way. Matthew 7, 13 and 14 says, You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. Most people would think of, wouldn't think of starting a trip without preparation. 
a friend of mine, Henry Hausman, uh, who was a Nazarene pastor at Penticton, British Columbia. Uh, I held meetings up there at Penticton one week, and we bonded real well. And, and so later, he called me, and he said, hey, Bill. He said, we just got our ChargeX card, and we're going to Hawaii. Do you want to go? I said, ChargeX card? He was talking about a credit card. And they were just going to go and just run it to the max and just have a great time. You know, I said, no, I, I can't go right now, Henry. Sorry. Most people want instructions showing where they're going, how to get there, where to stay, and how far they'll travel. The cost is important, accommodations along the way, and how they'll meet their daily needs while they are there. You'd be foolish to start a major trip without some planning. And yet, how many travel through life that way? Someone's usually responsible to make the trip and, and make the arrangements so that things will go well. If things aren't planned and organized, it can be a disaster. I remember as a teenager, I went camping with a couple friends, and we all forgot the food. Each thought the other guy was bringing it. Came time to eat, and I said, where's the food? And they said, well, didn't you bring it? And I said, no, didn't you? Talk about poor planning. Dad, Mom, <clears throat> God's trusted you to plan the life's journey for your family. In the Old Testament, God instructed fathers in Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 12, and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today. Repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the, on the road, when you're going to bed, when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders. Write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. The Lord your God will soon bring you into a, the land he swore to give you when he made a vow to your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It is a land with large, prosperous cities that you did not build. The houses will be richly stocked with goods that you did not produce. You will draw water from cisterns you did not dig. And you will eat from the vineyards and olive trees that you did not plant. When you have eaten your fill of this land, be careful not to forget the Lord who rescued you from slavery in the land of Egypt. You know, in all the blessings God has given you, don't forget God. How are you doing, Dad? Have you kept God before your family? You know, someday God will talk to you about the job you're doing right now, and you're going to want to report that you did your very best. Life's a journey. You're leading the way. Have you made provisions so it's safe for those you love to follow? Learn to use the instruction manual that God has given us, the, the Bible. God has provided this for our well-being so we will know how, what he expects and how we can get to heaven. Choose the right road so you won't get lost and end up at the wrong destination. When we were in Stevenson, Washington, when we first got there, we were invited to his own pastor's dinner in uh, Vancouver, Washington. And uh, so we made arrangements. We, we were told what restaurant. We thought we knew the area well enough. We didn't know that there were two restaurants in the same chain. And we ended up going to the wrong restaurant. And uh, the problem was uh, the people weren't there. They were at the other restaurant. They were uh, 
we assumed we knew where to go with no further instructions. You know, we talk about heaven and how we plan to get there someday. We think we know the way. So many people assume they know the way, but they're lost and haven't realized that they're lost yet. Are you on the right road? It's easy to get careless, to take your eyes off the goal, have other things grab your attention, and, and you don't pay enough attention to your responsibilities to God. John 14:6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Are you on the right road? You know, macho men tend to say, well, it really doesn't matter what I do. I'll do what I want to because it doesn't bother anybody else. Turn around, Dad. Turn around, Grandpa. Watch that child following you and mimicking your every step. I had a neighbor named Jim, and he, Jim had a grandson that he loved very, very dearly. But the problem was Jim was so foul-mouthed, and Jim had some uh, little crooked tendencies, and, and all. I would talk to him and say, Jim, you need to accept Christ as your personal Savior. You need to get your life straightened around and get that kid in church. And Jim would say, oh, Bill, he says, I've got it all right down here. I don't need a church. It's all right here. Me and God have a good understanding. What an opportunity Jim had to lead that boy to Jesus Christ. But Jim missed the way. He one day was standing, had a heart attack and died, and the little boy was floundering. But nobody told the little boy about Jesus. You know, someone's watching. Is it safe for them to follow your lead? We must be sure of our walk with Christ in this evil generation and lead them to safety. I read a poem called The Bridge Builder by Will Allen Dromgooley. An old man going a lone highway came at the evening cold and gray to a chasm vast and deep and wide through which was flowing a sullen tide. The old man crossed in the twilight dim. The sullen stream had no fear for him. And he turned, when safe on the other side, and built a bridge span, to span the tide. Old man, said a fellow pilgrim near, are you, you are wasting strength from building here. Your journey will end with the ending day. You never again will pass this way. You've crossed this chasm deep and wide. Why build this bridge at the other side? The builder lifted his old gray head. Good friend, in the path I have come, he said, there followeth after me today a youth whose feet must pass this way. This chasm that has been not to me, to that fair-haired youth may a pitfall be. He too must cross in the twilight dim. Good friend, I'm building this bridge for him. You know, the destination is so important to show the children uh, that you're responsible for the pitfalls and the victories. It's so important you get it right. You won't get there if you travel the wrong road. All people say, well, if you're sincere, that's all it takes. If you're really sincere about what you believe, no, it isn't. You got to believe the right things. They say, well, if you're good, if your good deeds outweigh your bad deeds, you'll get to heaven. No, you won't. Jesus Christ is the only way, and you've got to confess your sins to him, ask him to be your savior, and allow him to help you change your life to follow his direction. Read the instruction manual. Stay true to your destination. Many start out right, but grow careless and make a wrong turn. 
a district conference a couple of years ago. I missed a turnoff in California. I went miles out of my way. I lost time. I wasted gas and I reaped ulcers. The turnoff was marked on the map and signed on the road. I wasn't paying attention and drove right past the freeway exit. You know, in California, if you do that on a freeway exchange, you never know where you're going to end up and you don't know how to get back where you started for the most part. Know your instructions so you'll take the best route. I've learned the hard way. It's a macho thing to find your own way. Real men don't ask directions. Sometimes we'll go miles out of our way rather than ask somebody what we need to know. Too many guys won't carry a map because, well, it's such a bother and really most of them can't read it anyhow. They won't use it. And now we have GPS machines and I was thinking I was riding with a guy a few years ago that had a GPS and the uh, GPS was giving instructions and he said, I don't think that's right. And he went his own direction. He wouldn't listen. We got lost. You know, I've been lost in Phoenix. I've been lost in Kansas City. I've been lost in California, Arizona, Oregon, Washington, Wyoming, Tennessee, up in Canada. It seems there's no place I haven't had that exhilarating experience of not knowing where I was or how I got there or how I was going to get back. Some of the biggest quarrels Marty and I have had have been while we were traveling. We would dispute over the direction to go. I would always know that I was right and it's a man thing. And she pulls a map and then she shows me and I have to eat crow. And I want you to know that's not taste. That leaves a foul taste. When lost, I always accuse myself because I could have avoided this mess. Marty's right there to help with the accusations. You know, God's instructions are clear how to avoid such pain and heartache. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. So many of us want to go our own way. It's kind of like when Israel was standing on the banks of the Jordan and Moses had led them. They were about ready to, they were thinking of going into the promised land. But they sent spies in and the spies came back, 10 of them with bad reports, two of them with good reports. Israel said, well, we're not going to go in if there's those big giants and those high walls. And because they wouldn't follow God's leading, they lost the opportunity. They had to wander in the wilderness another 40 years while everybody that refused to go in uh, died off and Joshua and Caleb were the only ones that were of that group that got to go in eventually. We don't want to follow God's instructions so we have to learn the hard way. I remember one time going on, over on the uh, Washington uh, coast, the Pacific Ocean coast, that uh, we saw a sign out there on Long Beach that says don't drive on the beach, the sand is soft, you'll get stuck in the sand. My dad decided that he wanted to drive on the beach anyhow, so he ignored the sign and he drove out on the beach and got stuck in the sand and we spent all the rest of the day trying to get that car back out where it could get on solid ground. Talk about a fun day at the beach. Now, learn to follow God's instructions because time is of essence. Others depend on you to know the way and they uh, to know the time that's needed. I can remember Marty and I, 
Uh, we're on our way to Victoria, British Columbia while we're still living in Pullman. I had been asked to hold a week revival up there. And uh, we got a late start, which was not good. And we were driving along. We hit road construction that slowed us up. And one thing after another, we were losing time. We got to the ferry dock just in time to see the ferry pull out and leave us behind. What a horrible idea to have to call the pastor and say, we're not going to be able to come have church at your church tonight. We'll get there on the next ferry as quickly as we can. You know, time slipping through your fingers. There's no second chance if you blow this lifetime. Prophecy is being fulfilled daily. We know that as we watch and we listen to the prophecy, we know that money is soon going to lose its value, that we're going to go to some kind of a mark, that uh, there are cameras that are watching everything we do, that we're working towards a one world government with all the things that are happening. And like I said already, the mark of the beast is being set up and won't be very far off. But so we need to spend our time getting close to God and helping our family to understand they need to be with God. Even if that wasn't true, you have so little time to prepare your family for what's ahead. There is no time to waste. Give you a warning. If you don't take the lead, someone else will. And you might not approve of where they're leading to. You know, someday you may regret that you didn't find time to show your family the way. Dr. Dobson uh, used to quote a poem called The Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin. It says, my child arrived just the other day. He came to the world in the usual way. But there were planes to catch and bills to pay. He learned to walk while I was away. And he was talking before I knew it. And as he grew, he'd say, I'm going to be like you, Dad. You know, I'm going to be like you. And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon, little boy blue and the man in the moon, when you coming home, Dad? I don't know when, but we'll get together then, son. You know, we'll have a good time then. My son turned 10 just the other day. He said, thanks for the ball, Dad. Come on, let's play. Can you teach me to throw? I said, not today. I've got a lot to do. He said, well, that's okay. And he walked away, but his smile never dimmed and said, I'm going to be like him. Yeah, you know, I'm going to be like him. And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon, little boy blue and the man on the moon. When you coming home, Dad, I don't know, but we'll get together then, son. You know, we'll have a good time then. Well, he came home from college just the other day. So much like a man, I just had to say, son, I'm proud of you. Can you sit for a while? He shook his head and said with a smile, what I'd really like, Dad, is to borrow the car keys. See you later. Can I have them, please? And the cat's in the cradle and the silver spoon, little boy blue and the man on the moon. When you coming home, son? I don't know when. But we'll get together then, Dad. You know, we'll have a good time then. I've long since retired. My son's moved away. I called him up just the other day. I said, I'd like to see you if you don't mind. He said, I'd love to, Dad, I can, if I can find the time. You see, my new job's a hassle and kids have the flu. But it's sure nice talking to you, Dad. It's sure been nice talking to you. And as I hung up the phone, it occurred to me, 
He'd grown up just like me. My boy was just like me. And the cats in the cradle and the silver spoon, little boy blue and the man on the moon. When you coming home, son? I don't know when, but we'll get together then, Dad. You know, we'll have a good time then. Listen, follow the wrong road, you end up in the wrong destination. And so will those who are following you. I remember we had scheduled a missionary speaker to come up to Pine Lowe Park Boys Camp, Nazarene Kids Camp, that I used to be an assistant director with, uh, Paul McLaren. And uh, anyhow, he, he landed, his plane landed, and, and he got in a rental car, and he didn't check directions, and he ended up in Seattle instead of Spokane. And so... He wasn't able to come that night. That was the first night that I learned that I was a good speaker at kids camp. And it happened often after that. You won't have to travel the wrong road. Check God's instruction manual and follow it carefully. Matthew 7, 13 and 14 again. You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. I hope you and your family do. Then I want to say, don't fall asleep at the wheel, because it'll lead to disaster. You know, too many parents are asleep to what's happening to their family today. Satan is trying and succeeding to destroy your children and your grandchildren. The public schools today are teaching the critical race theory, which is a divisive thing between the races. They're teaching white supremacy. They are teaching explicit sex education to even kindergartners. And it's just sad what's going on in the public education. It's time to wake up before disaster catches you. And then finally, build a structure that'll last for eternity. Some of you have built buildings before. You know the importance of a good foundation of accurate measurements, of straight studs and level foot plates, plates to keep everything in plumb. If walls aren't plumb, you'll have a real mess with the finished project. That's a lot like life. If you aren't building your life square and in plumb with God and your foundation level with your loved ones, you're making a mess. Some of you know what I'm saying because your life is just one big upheaval after another. You say, if only things would level out for a while. Well, let me tell you, God's the great leveler. Use his instruction book as you build life, uh, your family, as you build your family and, and your home. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it is wise, like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Oh, the rain comes in torrents and the flood waters rise and the winds beat against that house. It, will, it won't collapse because it was built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and ignores it is foolish, like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and floods come and the winds beat against that house, it'll collapse with a mighty crash. The last thought. Be real, be genuine, be honest. Don't try to fake an experience with God that you don't have. Your family knows if you're a hypocrite and will be turned off on God rather than drawn to him. Check the map, Dad. 
there too much is at stake to get it wrong. I just hope that you'll do the very best you can to lead your family the right direction. Listen, let's have a word of prayer. Father, I thank you today for those who are listening to this broadcast, and I pray that you help us each one, whether we're parents or whether we're not. We're just uh, people, Lord, that need to find our way to heaven. Help us to find the answers, Jesus, and to follow your will and to know, Jesus, what you have us to do. I pray for each one today, those that don't know you, I pray, Father, that they will find you today as their personal Savior by confessing their sins and accepting you and your will for their lives. Father, we just ask today that you'll bless each one. Help us that we might glorify you in the things we do and say. We'll give you the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need to get in touch with me, my email address is lowercase r-e-v-w-m-w-w-o-o-d-s at gmail.com. My mailing address is William Woods or Bill Woods, Box 4031, Sun Valley, Arizona, 86029. God bless you. I hope you have a wonderful Father's Day, and I hope that you'll honor your Heavenly Father with your life.